Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. That stays in the gun. Second and seven at the Alouette 31. Three-man rush. Bethel Thompson with time. Into the end zone! Touchdown, Argos! Curly Gittins, Jr. Well, will we be hearing that from Morley Scott calling Edmonton Elks games here on 630? Chet, MBT to KGJ. McLeod Bethel Thompson to Curly Gittins Jr. In about uh, 11 or 12 minutes, we will have Curly Gittins Jr. on Inside Sports. Now, tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning on 6.30, Ched, it's the return of the Elks this week with Morley Scott. He'll be joined by Assistant GM G. Roy Simon and McLeod Bethel Thompson. That's tomorrow at 9.30 on the Voice of the Elks 6.30, Ched. A little bit of a preview. Here's what MBT has to say about Curly Gittins Jr. Um, I love Curly as a person. I love Curly as a football player. Um, he's a total package. He'll catch everything. He'll run the right route. He'll get to the space. He has a great football knowledge. Um, he's tough as nails. Um, couldn't ask for a better receiver to throw to him. I'm, I couldn't be more excited to go to work with a guy like him. All right. So uh, good stuff there. Tomorrow, 9.30 in the morning, Morley Scott has the Elks this week. Quickly updating the NHL scoreboard for Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. Hurricanes are going to beat Detroit. They're up 4-2 with 7.1 seconds left. Shots are 30-13 to for Carolina. Only 13 shots on goal for Detroit in that game. The Devils have beaten the Blue Jackets 4-1. Wild lead the Panthers 5-4 with 7.5 minutes left in the third and start of the second period. Islanders leading the Blackhawks 1-0. Tomorrow on 6.30, Chet. Oilers Flames. Can the Oilers make it a Baker's dozen? 6.30 face-off show. Game at 8 and currently at Rogers Place. Oh, good start for the Oil Kings. Four and a half minutes left in the first period. Oil Kings leading Prince Albert, 2-0. Just checking the goal scorers here. We had uh, Reese Peterson and Landon Hansing. Uh, Landon Hansen getting the goals for the Oil Kings. Good start there against PA. 780-496-0063. Kellen, can you hit me with a couple? I certainly can, for sure. Uh, we've got uh, Colton texting in. Oh, Colton. Yes. He says, hey, Reed, is the 17-game winning streak, uh, is that a record in the salary cap era, or is no. that before there was a cap? That's 92-93. That is before there was a cap. The the uh, salary cap era record would be Columbus in 2016-2017. They won 16 in a row from November 29th of 2016 to January 3rd of 2017. Uh, the Islanders, so that was in that was a 16 gamer. There have been two 15 gamers. The Islanders in 81, 82, won 15 in a row. The Penguins in 2012, 2013, won 15 in a row. So that would have been a salary cap uh, era, and I guess uh, loser point era 
winning streak. So uh, there you have it. Columbus. So the Columbus Blue Jackets of 16-17. That's a good question by Colton. That's an interesting mm-hmm. way to break it down. They have the longest salary cap era winning streak. Armswar texts in and says, Jack Campbell's not too bad lately. He's bailed the boys out last year against L.A., and I think he deserves a third chance from Armswar. You know what, guys? Um, I wish I could tell you what's going to happen with the goaltending. I feel like everything I've thought would happen has been wrong. So I'm probably as lost as anybody on this, quite frankly. Uh, Campbell did have a good game. uh, Which day was that? I think Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday they won 4-2 in Colorado. I believe he had 32 saves. It was over 30 for sure. Dylan Holloway got an empty netter in that game. Um I, I look. We, we, I've been over this a dozen times. He looked good in the preseason. He actually had a couple good regular season games, but got sent down. I thought he'd be back by now, given a chance to work on his game in the AHL. It hasn't happened. We've talked about Olivier Rodrigue coming up to get a game or two. That that could still happen. Uh, I'm now at the point where I don't know if we're going to see Campbell again. Skinner's doing a good job. Pickard, when called on, has done a good job. I, I, I assume Skinner plays tomorrow. Maybe Pickard plays one of the three home games next week. Beyond that, I don't know. They're going to need two goalies. The schedule gets busier. They're going to have more back-to-backs. Um, I mean, I don't know. At this point, I, I'd still be curious to see Rodriguez in an NHL game just to see how he does. Pickard hasn't done anything. Hang on, Kellogg. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Sorry, I had to sneeze again. That's like twice this week that's happened. We were hanging out uh, in here watching Carolina and Detroit. It actually was a good game. Um, so I, I don't know. Campbell has played well. But again, Pickard hasn't. I don't. I don't think Pickard is an area of concern for for the Oilers. So I'm I'm really not sure what's going to happen. Even a trade wouldn't surprise me just to beef it up and maybe get somebody with more experience than Pickard or, or a bit of a better history in the NHL. But they're defending better, and the goaltending has been pretty good. So I think that, unfortunately, that's kind of gone a little bit uh, lower on the list of concerns for the Oilers. Mm-hmm. And we had a call call in, but they didn't want to jump on air, but it was from uh, Bobby who had uh, called in and asked, Reed, what do you foresee happening tomorrow between Oilers and Flames? Okay. <laughs> Seriously? That's what I got. Well, I can't. I can't win with that prediction. What am I going to pick a Calgary victory on Edmonton yeah, Radio? Exactly like, right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Oilers are going to start the game a lot better. Okay, I'll make a prediction. Mm. Uh, do you want me to go out on a limb and make a prediction? Sure. I'll say the Oilers will score in the first two minutes of the game. Hey, wow. I'll leave it at that. I will. I will leave it at that. I, I mean, look, like I've been saying, the Oilers are playing well enough that if, if they play at or near their standard, they're going to be in the game. They will be in the game. Mm-hmm. Things can happen. Calgary's going to be motiva- motivated. I'm, I'm not going to go, oh, yeah, the Oilers are going to beat them 8-1 because I live in Edmonton and I'm awesome. No, I'm not going to do that. That's that's silly. Uh, I, I'll, but if you want me to make a crazy prediction for the sake of making a crazy prediction, I'll say the Oilers score in the first two minutes of the game. How's that, Kellen? Sounds good. We got Ellen texting in, says, doesn't Pickard have to clear waivers if they send him down? Yes, I don't think he'd be claimed. Okay, and we got one more here from an unknown texter that's texted in. says, does Campbell playing down help the Oilers save money towards the cap? And do you think the longer he's down there and plays well, teams might be interested in him if they become desperate for a backup? Uh, it has a very small cap benefit. Most of his salary still counts against the cap. Uh 
what counts. I'm getting the exact number here. Still, still 3.85 counts against the cap. You only get a little over a million dollars of relief. Do I think he's more appealing to other teams who are desperate for goaltenders? No, I don't, because they probably have their own goaltenders in the system who are younger and cheaper, and they probably feel are just as competent or less of a risk at this point. Hmm. David Lacombe says, what would it take to get Marc-Andre Fleury to Edmonton? Uh, probably more than the Oilers could could give them. <laughs> would be my short answer. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, that's. You um, uh, wanted to hit on the uh, siblings. People know how I feel about. People know how I feel about trade proposals. I I wouldn't look at a goaltender of Flurry's caliber. I think some interesting names that are out there. I mean, Bob's talked about Sam Carrick. Um. I wonder if there'd be a way to make. This isn't a goaltender. I, I wonder if there'd be a way to somehow make Giroux work out of Ottawa. No, you'd give up. You'd have to give them something currently off the roster, and probably a pick or two, and and they'd have to retain something on Giroux's salary. But if you're if you want to ask me about an Ekholm style addition, if we want to compare it to last year, that would be the name I would give you. And then of course you know there are fourth liners and depth guys, the the Bukestad type players. Uh, Whoever wrote in about Mark Andre Fleury, if if they David get him, Lacombe, yeah. if, they, if they get him, you can call me and write me back and laugh at me. But I, I don't know. I don't see that playing out personally. All right, uh, let's take a, uh, a bit of. Oh, let's get one more in here. Uh, this is really cool. Vinny's sure. brother, Alex DeHarnay, had a bit to say about being on the siblings trip. Oh man, so great! Like seriously, even me, I trusted him before, like since a couple of years, but. This time, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. He just leveled up his play. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. Yeah. And it's like, I'm pretty proud. Yeah, no doubt about it. Good brotherly love there. All right, Curly Gittens Jr. from your Edmonton Elks when we get back to Inside Sports. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Yeah, I heard that story about the uh, likely final demise of Sports Illustrated. That is tough to take. I uh, worshipped that magazine as a younger gentleman, especially in my teens and 20s. But as we know, times have changed. But, man, that was just my connection, not just to sports, but also great writing. Uh, I, I mean, Rick Riley was in, incredible. I remember Rick Talander wrote a lot of great stuff. Uh, Jack McCallum wrote basketball. Uh, Paul Zimmerman was still writing the NFL when I started getting it. Then Peter King came in. Uh, Steve Russian was a great writer. Uh, he's been on, uh, I've interviewed him a couple times. Jeff Perlman was on Sports Illustrated. We usually have him on Inside Sports whenever he cranks out a new book. So uh, I guess it was inevitable, but that's uh, tough to see uh, Sports Illustrated uh, you know, likely coming to that end. You probably heard that uh, coming to an end. You likely heard that voicer there from uh, Thomas Dias' newscast at 7.30. And Britt and I talked about it a bit in the afternoon. The Elks this week, tomorrow at 9.30 with Morley Scott. We got an Edmonton Elk tonight. He was acquired from Toronto in a trade for defensive lineman Jake Ceresna, Canadian receiver Curly Gittens Jr. Curly, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. And welcome to the Edmonton Elks. Tell me your experience of finding out about and processing <laughs> your trade here. Uh, you know, you know, one thing, you know, you, you should tell yourself being a professional athlete is, uh, you know, expect the unexpected. And obviously 
it was a little uh, unexpected, but uh, all I can really say is, you know, I'm I'm just super excited just to uh, be in Edmonton and just get get started with them. Do you consider at all who you got traded for? I mean, Jake was, if not the best player on the Elks last season, one of the best. Do you consider? Well, man, they they gave up a lot to get me, so that's pretty cool. Um, if if you if you want to look at it that way, then sure. But honestly. Um, you know, it's just, you know, it says that, you know, they believe in uh, my abilities, you know, they they believe in what I can do on the football field. And, you know, they believe in me as a person, you know, and, all, you know, all someone wants, you know, all someone really wants is, you know, for someone to really just believe in, believe in them. And, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, Edmonton's coaching staff and the whole organization, they believe in me. And, you know, that means everything to me. <laughs> How how are you feeling? I know you missed the uh, end of last season. I believe with a with a hip uh, issue. Tell me about getting through that and how you're doing. Uh yeah, I missed um at least half the year with the uh, with the hip injury. And you know, right now, as of right now, I feel you know I feel pretty good. I feel uh, feel like I'm you know slowly getting back to myself. I got a few more months to go, so you know my agent, you know, everyone's telling me you know don't rush it, you know, take my time, you know. So I'm just really just taking my time each and every single day and just trying to you know be better mentally and. You know, as much as it's overcoming uh, a physical, you know, injury, it's 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 more mental than uh, physical, right? So for me, I'm really just taking it day by day, you know, and uh, you know, just being thankful, you know, for for progression uh, each and every day, and you know, just uh, taking taking it as it come. You know, Curly, I I can't count how many times an athlete has told me that about his or her injury. The physical thing is one thing, but the mental adjustments and the change in routine and adjusting moving your body or how you work out that that's that's harder than getting through pain or a surgery or whatever, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well said. All right, uh, but do you, do you think you'll be ready for the start of the year then? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the plan is to be ready for uh, week one, but obviously you never know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you never know what can really happen. So, but the plan is to, uh, you know, be ready for the uh, start of the year. And, you know, my schedule is going, you know, as it's supposed to be going, you know, recovery is going as, as the way it's supposed to be going. So, um, you know, I expect nothing less. But like you say, you know, expect the unexpected. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. Is, is this the toughest injury you've ever had to get through? Uh, 100%. 100%, but honestly, uh, it is, but, you know, I just look at it just, just you know, just another obstacle, you know, in life, and that's just the way I'm approaching it, and that's the way I've been approaching it for the last few months, and it's been, you know, it's been, it's been going well for me so far. Okay, well, and you're coming to a team in which you uh, know the quarterback, MBT, as we shorten it, McLeod Pithel Thompson. <laughs> uh, and you guys connected. Uh, I mean, you had over 1,100 yards a couple years ago. Why do you think you and MBT uh, have been able to click in the past? Uh, we just work, you know. We both love football, you know. We both love working hard, you know. We just, you know, we both understand each other. And, you know, one thing about us, you know, like once we got on our football field, you know, he knows where I'm going to be. You know, I kind of, you know, I kind of know what his thought process is. And, you know, I try to be and uh, put myself in a position to be there for him, you know. And, you know, it takes time, you know, it takes trust and, you know, building, you know, each and every day in practice. And, you know, that's something, you know, we've uh, we've grown, um, we've gone, we've grown towards. And, uh, you know, I just want to, I'm excited just to keep that going. And he's been there since I got drafted in 2019. So he told me my first ever CFL catch. So, uh, you know, it, you know, working with a guy like him, you know, I just you know, never want to disappoint. So I try to, you know, do my best to prepare 
for practice, you know, for games, you know, just be there for him. And, uh, you know, and, and it's taken, and that's, that approach has taken me uh, a long way with him. And he's honestly just, a, you know, just a kind and genuine, like, good, good, uh, a good person. And, you know, and that's something, you know, I appreciate, you know, in him, especially being a leader of uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other, now, Trey Ford, obviously, is, is with the Elks as well. Were you guys, I think there's a bit of an age difference, but were you guys on rival schools in, in U Sports? Were you on the two Waterloo schools? Yeah, so I, yeah. I played, uh, both of the universities was in Waterloo, and I went to Wilfrid Laurier, and he went to Waterloo University, and yeah, we played against each other, like, for two years, I want to I wanna say. Two okay. years or three years. One of yeah. those two years, I can't remember. Right, I guess you were on, you're both on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, yeah. you, you, you guys would have been making plays against the other team's defense, for sure. Uh, I, I, and I know MBT comes in here as the number one, but I'm sure we're going to see Trey as well. Like, What did you think, just kind of uh, watching him take the reins of the Elks last season and some of the plays he's able to make. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, uh, Trey's, you know, I've, I've been watching Trey play ever since I've been to university, like you said. And, you know, every year he just keeps getting better and better. And, you know, I'm looking forward to him just keep, you know, keep on growing and learning just like myself, you know, because for football, you know, there's never – there's never enough you can learn, right? And you can probably tell by just the way he approaches the game. You know, he's willing to learn. You know, he's he's willing to you know to get better. And uh, you know, I'm just you know I'm excited for his future. I'm excited just to be his teammate. You know, since we've been rivals for a very long time, we excited to be his teammate. You know, and then you know just kind of getting to know him more as a person. You know, football is you know more than just on the field. You know, we we try to build a, a brotherhood that you know lasts uh, forever. So I'm excited for for everything. Right on. Curly Gittens Jr. from your Edmonton Elks joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, just w- hoping to get to know your journey a little bit as well, because you were were you not born in Guyana before you came to Canada? Yes, yeah, so I was born in Guyana. Guyana, sorry. That's in South America. Yeah. And how, well, what, how long did you live there? What brought you to Canada eventually? Um, I lived I lived there until I was about uh, eight, nine years old. And... Um, what brought me here is because my dad was, uh, you know, moving, uh, moving to Canada and, you know, building a life with his uh, with his wife. And, uh, you know, he brought me along and, you know, was able to give me an opportunity, you know, to be something in this world. And, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm very thankful. I'm very blessed. You know, God is, you know, good always. So. Awesome. And when did football become a big part of your life? Uh, football. I fell in love with a game of football um, in grade uh, grade eight. I played touch football, and you know, ever since I played touch football, you know, I kind of wanted to put the pads on. So I I started playing tackle football in grade nine, and ever since, you know, I fell in love with the game. Were you always a receiver? Uh, no, I started first first position was a running back, and then I was like, you know what, I want to catch the football like those guys. So you know, I switched <laughs> positions to receiver. And then, you know, I played a little bit of quarterback. I played a little bit of uh, DB. And then, you know, I did a little bit of everything. You know, I feel like playing different positions prepares, uh, you know, helps, you know, prepares you to be the best football player out there. And, you know, I truly believe in that. And, uh, you know, so far, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, for every single uh, position that I've played because I feel like it, that, that has helped me become a better receiver. When did you start to think, hey, I'm pretty good. Someone might actually pay me to do this for a job. <laughs> I never really thought about it to be honest with you. Not even university, because I was just kind of. I played a game because I no, I still play a game because I love the game. 
And that was my approach in in, uh, in the university. You know, I play the game because I love it. So whatever, I got to wake up at 6 a.m., you know, grind, whatever it is, you know, do schoolwork, you know, whatever I got to do in order to play football. And that was my mindset in university until kind of like the, my fourth year hit. And then, you know, things kind of got a little, you know, real and, you know, like it's almost there. So, you know, I thought about it a little bit, but I didn't really want to let that kind of take over my mindset. So I kind of really, I didn't think about, you know, playing, you know, past, you know, university until, you know, that opportunity actually became real. And then, you know, then I was like, you know what? Okay, it's here now. So, you know, I can appreciate me getting drafted and then, you know, still uh, follow that same mindset of, you know, just playing the game because I love it. Okay. And, and, and whatever and you, else comes along. Yeah. And have you spent any time in Edmonton besides coming here as a visiting player? You, you still have to get to know the city a lot. Uh, no. So the only time I came was when we played in Edmonton. But honestly, Edmonton's one of my, uh, believe it or not, it's actually one of my uh, favorite cities um, that I visited. So how come? Just because you know, just the vibe they got there. Just I just I just like the vibe. You know, when I you know when I when I went there, you know, I like the overall vibe that I got from being there. You know, some cities you go and you don't get a good vibe, but I got a good vibe once I was in Edmonton. So maybe it is meant to be. Okay, well, that's good to hear. And hopefully there's a good vibe when you get out on the field. That's awesome. Okay, well, Curly, thanks for uh, making time to join us on Inside Sports. Uh, I hope uh, you know. Hope the recovery from the, the hip problem continues to go well. And we look forward to meeting you in person and seeing you on the field once the season gets going. Thank you so much for checking in tonight. Thank you for having me.